Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza with Matt Harmon and our producer, Brett Rader. And we have got some news for you guys. Matt, are you ready to dig into all the things I am, of course, talking about the Yannick Ngakwe news out of Jacksonville. What the <laughs> hell? How is he getting a trade market three weeks out from the draft? I mean, good player. He's a, he's a good player, you know. I, I mean, he's pretty much too. Like I said, it's not even about the money. I'm just trying to get the. I'm just trying to get the hell out of here. This didn't he say the situation was handled quote piss poor. Which, Piss poorly. I always am a stickler for the L-Y, the adverbing of a word. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think his direct quote was piss poor. So, you know, there's got to be some, you know, it's just residual Coughlin stuff is what I imagine, right? You know, you just, it's it's got to be, it's got to come down to that. I mean, why stop with Yannick, right? Because we got Bling Gabbert news. That's hot. Looks like Jameis Winston is officially done in, in Tampa Bay. QB competition down there in Tampa, you know, former first round pick Blaine Gabbert. Bruce Arians loves himself some Blaine Gabbert. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that Gabbert was signed to a one year contract. So it's happening. Um, there's Eric Ebron. He, I don't want people talking about there not being any fantasy news this time of year. I mean, Eric Ebron signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers, admitting that he's still not 100 percent despite this you know, after his late season ankle repair surgery. You love Eric Ebron. He's your favorite damn tight end in the league. We're going to talk rankings, but I know without looking ahead, you've got Eric Ebron in your top five, right? Like right after Ertz? I, like, honestly, could not even possibly tell you where I ranked Eric Ebron. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, look, he wants to be Ben Roethlisberger's, quote, best friend. They were apparently hanging out together at some christian marriage conference that the that the league puts on every year apparently which i did i didn't know that they did that he and ben were there they they clicked they hit it off and ben apparently said look maybe i could pull some strings bring you on board here in pittsburgh sure enough franchise qb has a little bit of sway there left uh and he's he's got eric ebron so you know unstoppable now i mean this is it this is the year that the steelers take back everything Right. So, all right. So we gave you a bunch of news, but no, that was all a ruse. That was all a ruse. That's like we we told you and promised last week that we had an announcement. So here is the actual announcement. Drum roll. If we had an effect, we don't. So our product team has been working around the clock to get fantasy football launched early for all of our users who are quarantined for the spring. Now, normally 
our game goes live the first day of the NFL draft, which would be April 23rd. But because of obvious extenuating circumstances, that's not happening this year. Instead, we're going to go above and beyond. And all of the engineers working at the Y have made it happen so that you guys can start playing next week. That's right, next week. We can't say exactly which day for sure, but our team is running some final tests right now just so that you aren't, like, adding that customer care handle on Twitter too much. Um, But definitely keep an eye on our socials at Yahoo Fantasy for all of the details. But officially, you're hearing it from me. You're hearing it from Matt. It is officially, wait for it, mock draft season. Let's go just what we all need to pass the time fantasy football we, we can do mock drafts you can get in there and be that jackass that comes in there and takes you know tim tebow in the first round or you know a kicker at number one overall and really you know have some fun this is how we're going to get through this thing baby we're gonna we're gonna mock draft indeed we're gonna rank we're gonna adjust those ranks Ugh. based on your mock draft i mean matt Ugh. How much did ranking pull you away from your quarantine lasagna making? Well, okay. Number one, I don't make lasagna. <laughs> don't lie to as me. We co- as we covered, I have, look, I have made lasagna, but ah! it is not like, not, I'm not sitting here making lasagna on the reg here in the year 2020. Okay. That is not a part of the diet program. Now, number two, <laughs> uh, I had to rank just gross. Uh, finally, that the, they've, they finally made it happen. I had to put, rankings in i'm gonna have to rank this season and i hated it i i hated every second of it and it was it was terrible i i mean matt i don't know what would be worse for you having to rank say tight ends or your oh. favorite lasagna recipes oh i mean i could would a hundred times out of a hundred rather <laughs> rank the lasagna recipes <laughs> give me a break i like lasagna i'm not a lunatic i'm just not here <laughs> you know Greasing that baking sheet and putting in my ground beef and my damn, you know, big fat ass ricotta cheese stuff. You know, like that's not what I'm doing here. Also, I mean, I'd love if to. If you could but... find ricotta cheese at the grocery store, you should deserve an award. Oh, there, is de- there was no cheese at the gro- at my grocery store on Wednesday. There was American oh, singles. Got, that's it. I got some cheese. I got some, oh. I got some fancy cheese. And like, I mean, there's a fancy cheese, like, but I'm not, I mean, we're just talking about like sandwich cheese, like cracker cheese. They got, they got that there. They got that there. I see it today. All right. Well, (laughs) next time you go to the grocery store, I've now planted the seed. I'm, I can't wait for you to report back with your ground beef and pasta noodle and ricotta findings i might just have to make a freaking lasagna just just, (laughs) i mean look i got the i got (laughs) how long are we gonna be stuck inside at this point like you know what maybe just you can do those like amazon delivery my next door neighbor beth she's like constantly like you're not you're not actually gonna go to the grocery store you're gonna get your stuff delivered right i'm like beth Come on, give me, this is this is my what I know you've got two kids. She's got two kids. Okay, so I, I get it. Whatever you want to protect. No, no, the, no. But like I go to the store too. It's a, it's the same. Like the the Rona's in the in the warehouses. Like it, I, we're all dealing yeah. with the same stuff, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like yeah. It's whatever. It, it's gonna happen. I mean, I, but I've like got this guilty thing where I gotta go out. I gotta sneak out of the garage so I can't oh. have her see. Have her can't ever see me. I'm not trying to be judged. It's a whole. It's a whole thing, but I don't know how I got talking on this, but maybe I'll do, oh, maybe I'll do a delivery just specifically every day. Check. They got that lasagna ingredients and bring it on down. Bring it on okay. down to the house. 
And also lasagna, I'm imagining, I have definitely never made it, takes a while to bake. So you could definitely throw in a nice mock draft while you're oh, waiting yeah. for the cheese on top of your lasagna to bubble perfectly. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to... You got to get that cheese bubbling just right. I did make a zucchini lasagna probably like four years ago. That's probably the last time I made a lasagna. Don't lie is, to the people. I mean, it's not the last time I've eaten a lasagna. The lasagna is just kind of a, you know, it's 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 not great if you're trying to you're trying to look out for yourself. It's not, <laughs> right, not the best. And now is the time that we're all trying to look out for each other, which is why our product team is working so hard to get the game out earlier than normal. And we are trying to look out for all of y'all by ranking and matching our product team's efforts. So let's start with the Yahoo consensus rankings for 2020, which Matt clearly labored over. (sighs) Number one, unanimous decision, not James Roday would be happy to hear Alvin Kamara, but instead Christian McCaffrey. We all anticipated this, right? Like no surprises. Yeah, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. I think we talked about this with the whole, you know, Teddy Bridgewater signing, Robbie Anderson signing. Like, at least this offense is to the point where, like, it doesn't completely tank his value. Because if they were looking at another Kyle Allen, like, Will Greer tank for, you know, 2021 sort of situation, then it might be like, ah, do I really want to take the running back of that offense? But things are good enough in Carolina to a point where they might be an average team. And that is probably all you need out of out of Christian McCaffrey for him to still be the consensus number one overall pick. Although I don't know that there's any sort of like sensible gap between him and Barkley really at this point. Which who is the number two, right? And so, you know, you're going to hear the argument and I made it last year. I was wrong that Christian McCaffrey is going to break down towards the end of the year, that his body can't handle another load of touches similarly, similar to the ones uh, that he saw in 2019. That could happen. People get hurt. Things happen. Saquon got hurt last year. He's still the number two pick this year. We're expecting that he'll stay healthy. And he fits perfectly into the kind of offense that the Giants are, I'm assuming, because they're making these moves accordingly, wanting to run. Yeah, I mean he's he should be on. He was he was not up to his you know the height of his powers last year, but certainly once he kind of got healthy, he was he was fine. So yeah, I think he's kind of the locked in number two guy now. I know the, the Yahoo consensus has Zeke at three, not not me, not us, so, either of us, you neither of you. Because sorry, James Roday, Alvin Kamara back at number three overall for me, baby. That let's go. Well, I mean he's the number three running back. Here's also. Overall rankings are kind of a sham. That's like my my hot take on rankings, one of them. Overall, who cares? Like you should only be focused on positions. Don't be focusing on overall rankings like once you get out of the first round. No one that's that doesn't matter. So you're saying that your number 3 ranked running back is Alvin Kamara, the Yahoo consensus yep. is Zeke, the overall consensus is Zeke except for you and I who both ranked Michael Thomas overall at number three. So layers there. I would probably say that my number three is also Alvin Kamara. I don't really remember what I did, to be honest, but it's either Kamara or Zeke. You could flip-flop them. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I kind of agree with you about the overall ranks. I never really tweak them that much. I mean, it's because a there's a, so, that, so if you guys don't know, like we all go into fantasy pros and then we rank the individual positions and then there is an algorithm that fantasy pros uses to 
rank the players overall. I rarely, I skim it, but I rarely tweak it or touch it because I'm assuming the math knows better than myself. Um, yep. and then let it slide. So I, I, yeah. I did not pour over my overall rankings as much as my positional ranks. And it sounds like you did the same, Matt. Not a single second. Okay. Looked at that overall. I was like, cool. Work works for me. Publish. All that matters is the positional rankings over overall rankings. you give me a break. You think, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, what's the point? Okay. Just look at it position by position. You know how to make it work in terms of filling the rest of your roster out. All right. I, I don't need to hear it with this overall rankings well, uh, okay so i think what matt is trying to get to is also you have to stay <laughs> flexible based yes. on what's happening in real time in the draft that you are participating in and based on the like players in that league so like we always talk about quarterbacks those are going to go higher in certain drafts than they will in quote professional drafts and maybe you have uh, like you you have to stay flexible so overall you you got to know when to take a running back and when to take a wide receiver and that's on you that's not so much on us is that what you're basically trying to say correct Use, yeah, employ not- your own positional strategy just know which yes. of these players in a, for a various position is the best or not the best. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to make your roster kind of, we always talk about this flow together. Your picks complement each other. Like so a good lasagna. Steel, right. You can't have too much ground beef and not enough cheese or that thing's going to taste disgusting. But like with, with just lasagna, I mean, it's got everything you, you probably don't need to be eating too much of. A bunch of cheese, a bunch of red meat. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> well, I was just going to say there's there was a break in our logic because it's quarantine day 18-ish, I think. Could be day um, 65. I don't know. <laughs> and also there's a break in the tiers here because you had three running backs. We have a wide receiver. And now at the fifth overall position is Cook. Yep. I have him that- at RB5 too. Okay. All right. Derek Henry, uh, Alvin Kamara at seven. Obviously, Matt and I disagree with that one, but this is our consensus. Devontae Adams, the number two wide receiver ranked, which I found interesting. Any, I mean, we have to imagine that Green Bay is going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, right? No, they got Funches. What do you mean? They're Stop good. It. We talked about <laughs> no, Funches last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that they're highly likely to this feels it feels like it has to be an offensive heavy draft for Green Bay. I mean, it just with what they've got going on right now at the tight end position, at the wide receiver position, they're making it it seems it seems just to be that they're still defaulting on like Aaron, you go out there and figure it out. Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Jones, obviously. Like Aaron Rodgers, go out there and figure it out. But come on, like they gotta give this guy more to work with here as his career is kind of winding down. But Maybe they look at it as, you know, no, we're going to double down on being a defensive run the ball team and continue to put Aaron in kind of a complimentary role. But that doesn't that just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. I would I would agree. With the, uh, yeah, they're likely to draft uh, a wide receiver in, you know, round one, maybe round two. Maybe they even, you know, double up on the position because it's just it's just really not in that good of a shape. But even then, it's like I still think that Devontae Adams could just kind of like the logic last year pushed to lead the league in targets with so many unproven guys behind him. So a a couple of things here. Um, First of all, I would imagine that you are correct in that even if Green Bay wanted to take a run first uh, approach and make Aaron Rodgers more of a complimentary role, you just saw how that didn't work for the Patriots. 
And if you are the Packers, you are in a Super Bowl window looking at the age of your quarterback, right? So you, you know it's closing. So there's some urgency there. There's urgency every year. Yes, don't at me, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And um, so, so that doesn't make sense because you've literally just seen it not work. Um, also, I do have to imagine, and we talked about this a little bit on the Ricky Snapshot podcast with Eric Edholm, Aaron Rodgers wants a reliable, sure-handed wide receiver. And as much as I would like to see this team take a speedster, because I think that, you know, the MVS project did not work out. Um, You made the point last week that Alan Lazard ain't it, despite the Thanksgiving invitation, right? Um, Devin Funch is far from fast. I'd like to see a speedster. I'm just not sure. Like, listen, Henry Ruggs isn't falling to the the Packers, and that's the best... like speed-based ball tracker, I think you're going to find. So Justin Jefferson, who's just sure-handed, you can just, right? Like you can put him in. He's a strategic number two, a la Tyler Boyd. It, let him do his job. And, you know, some people, neither Eric nor myself, and I'm assuming not you, have comped him to uh, Devontae Adams. And so there's like a 2.0 situation, which could work there as well. I love Jefferson. I think that... um it's such an inch. It's a, it's funny you bring up the Tyler Boyd comparison because I was saying the other day, like he reminds me so much of AJ Brown and like the way that I think they're just both such clean prospects. And you know, it's funny. Like we spent all this time, Liz, you know, leading up to last year's draft, talking about AJ Brown as this next big, you know, the next great big slot receiver. And he didn't even really play that position as a rookie. He, I just went back and, you know, reviewed him for reception perception. This guy's pretty much out there playing like traditional number one X receiver. And while that's not the way Jefferson was used in his final year at college, and neither was AJ Brown. I think that's a position that Jefferson can play because he's that good of like an interior in breaking route runner, like the digs, the slants. And that's primarily the routes that AJ Brown was most successful on as a rookie. So I think there's just some, not from like a pure player perspective even like a build they're not really they're not really built the same way but just from like a utilization standpoint where I'm not going to limit him to just being a big slot receiver but I think he he's just one of those guys that I think could like if he felt a Green Bay that would be perfect I also think he'd be a great fit in Philadelphia which I think I said that like when we initially had like a rookie preview article that I think I sent him there I I think I mean, you make a good comp with A.J. Brown, right? Because he did have, have D.K. Metcalf on the outside, in theory, like pulling coverage. But you look at what Jamar Chase did for LSU. And this offense was historic, obviously, as the national champions. Um, so I'm not quite sure, or at least we don't know yet, if Justin Jefferson can be as productive as he was without um, a speedster on the outside. But in Green Bay, he'd still have, maybe not a speedster, but he'd still have Devontae Adams, a number one, doing his thing, which would allow him some room for growth. I actually said at his ceiling, he was Keenan Allen, and at his floor, he was Tyler Boyd. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, especially the the Keenan Allen comparison. I said, like, if he... Because that, like, to me, Boyd's a guy who has to play in the slot because I don't think he can win outside. Allen provides, like... And same thing with guys like A.J. Brown and um, Adam Thielen, in a way, is another guy. Like, they provide such a unique advantage on the inside. And I think Jefferson is more like, he doesn't have to play there, but you play him there because he provides such a big-time advantage. Like, you you just can't be covered by interior defenders because he's that, like, he just separates so quickly. And if you're Green Bay, you know he can do it. And then you know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get pissed off because there's a learning curve and he's not equanimous St. Browning it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He seems he <laughs> seems like the guy in this draft, you know, besides besides like CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, whatever. Like he just even maybe even more so than those guys, honestly, in some ways. Like I think he's gonna be a great instant impact player, which is why I think teams like Green Bay or Philadelphia, those teams that are in Super Bowl windows and they want to win right now, like that's why and you need so much help at wide receiver. That's why you take a player like that. All right, another uh, it's it's interesting we're talking about the Packers because the ninth overall ranked player is Aaron Jones. I apparently had him ranked outside of the first round and had Joe Mixon here. Um, oh, spicy! <laughs> <laughs> but the consensus was that Aaron Jones is number nine. For what it's worth, I do think Joe Mixon gets pooped on a little bit because of the offense that he's in. And I am expecting the Bengals to look different in 2020, assuming they draft Joe Burrow um, and have AJ green back in some capacity than they did. I mean, Mixon was still the 13th most productive um, running back at the position from a fantasy perspective. And everyone likes to dog that O-line, which deserves to be dog, but Mixon had the most evaded tackles in 2019 with 6.4 per game. Yes, he had to evade those tackles or he was going to get tackled, (laughs) Um, but also he's great at it. And I don't think, you know, his explosiveness, his elusiveness, all of that lends itself to being behind is is a benefit for being behind a crappy offensive line. So I do think Mixon should be ranked higher. I'm not entirely sure, as we just talked about, what Green Bay is going to do with their offense. And so that's why I didn't rank Aaron Jones as aggressively. But yeah, I, probably Aaron Jones should be up here somewhere. I do have Jones at seven, with, with like seven among among running backs. Yeah, so right around where everyone else has him here, based on overall rankings. Like the guy, but the guys that I think come right after him in running backs for me, I have Jones, Chubb, Mixon, and Austin Eckler at ten. I don't mm-hmm. think there's an appreciable difference, like especially between Jones, Chubb, and Mixon. Like Eckler, I guess you could maybe you know maybe nitpick that, that he might be a little bit different than those three ahead of him. But yeah, those three guys, especially, I think all, there's no real difference between Jones, Chubb, Mixon, Eckler, like I said, and then next for me is Josh Jacobs and, and Kenyon Drake. And that's where I think things start to get like, to, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's probably a tear break there. Uh, but the, for, for, for me, yeah, I think you could probably pick like, honestly, wouldn't, I mean, Jones, Chubb and Mixon, those guys that I mentioned, wouldn't be totally shocked if they finished ahead of Derrick Henry even this year, you know, just because I think their offenses are all probably going to be better than they were last year. And I think they have better roles in the passing game, especially Mixon and Jones and obviously Eckler than uh, Derrick Henry does. I think that's I think that's a very sound argument. But I agree, those guys are kind of stuck together, and this will be as I am mock drafting. It's going to be an interesting exercise to see which one. And this is a like the fun part of mock drafting because I think you go in objective, and then you find a pattern, right? And you're like, oh, you know what? I just keep drafting Mixon over this guy, and I don't know why, or I do know why, and you kind of see who your guys are. And so it'll be interesting as we start mocking, uh, doing these mock drafts. Um, where we are, who who among that like glut of players starts to pull ahead in our own personal preferences. Uh, number 10 overall, Tyreek Hill. I don't think there's an argument. Number 11, Nuke Hopkins. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Number 12, I will talk about Hopkins a little bit later, so I don't want to get into it here. And then number 12, rounding out the first round is Julio Jones. So that would be the fifth 
highest ranked wide receiver. Yeah. And that's, that's my top five too. I have Hopkins ahead of Tyreek. But other than that, yeah, that's my top five. Where does like the rest of wide, the wide receivers after that, is there a tier break for you after there? I mean, cause for me, then it goes Godwin, Evans, Galladay, Beckham, Robinson, Keenan Allen, and Adam Thielen, who I think is kind of like grossly underrated at this point, because like from a pure, a pure fantasy perspective, because like, we talked about it last show. Their number two receiver is like what Tajay Sharp or BB Johnson or well, I mean it's expected that the they're the, going to draft it somebody. Draft but now that they got the a first round pick from Buffalo, st- still they're not going to be better. Most likely, they're not going to be better in year one than Stefan Diggs. I think Thielen sure. could just like gobble up targets in that offense. And I mean, it pretty much like maybe it's Irv Smith season. I guess you know, like maybe he's. I think they're going to play a lot of two tight end sets. So the, that Vikings offense is interesting. Obviously, like you said, expect them to draft somebody. They're a wide receiver room that needs a lot of help. But yeah, I think those guys that I just all listed, they're probably a tier below the players we just listed in the, that they could be first round picks. I agree. There's a tier break here. How I have them sussed out. will again, once we start mocking, will definitely change. But I, I, I like what you're doing. And you make an interesting point about Adam Thielen. I don't have my ranks up right now. But I bet I don't have him that high because I hadn't I hadn't thought about him as you know, you also have like these players like I, I've always liked Diggs ahead of Thielen because I felt like oh, yeah. he could do more um, or be more explosive. And so Adam Thielen, there was also this like with like the, the the all the songs like I got a feeling for Thielen. It just got annoying to me. So I've kind of steered away from him. Hey, I'm in. I'm in on that. I'm in on that take. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I've always been a Diggs over Thielen guy too. From especially from he's just he's a much better player than Thielen is in my opinion. But the reality is that a lot of these guys like Thielen, and I think this will again, it will be so much more true this year. Like they're bad quarterbacks, or I don't know what you want to call Kirk Cousins. He's not a bad quarterback. Inconsistent. But, frenetic quarterback in terms of when things break down uh yeah they love they love guys like Thielen or um you know DJ Moore in Carolina was a great example this last year too they because they, they, they're just they're layup receivers and I think yeah Chris got Chris Godwin same way in uh Tampa Bay although of course they they don't have a bad quarterback anymore nope not in theory Maybe. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a couple of tidbits that were highlighted from this exercise. I was actually the lowest on Lamar Jackson at 38 overall, which Shock. would put him Shock. which would put him just outside of the third round. So like the first or second pick after the third round. Why do you say shocking? I mean, you're a hater, right? Or are you doubling I've down? I've never been a that- hater for Lamar. What are you talking about? This is as bad kinda, as my lasagna take about you. You were kind of, you were kind of out. You were, you were kind of out on Lamar last year. Uh, uh, yeah, you didn't. I, I was, I wasn't not. I wasn't one of the people who wasn't cheering for him though, or wasn't like. Oh no, yeah, of course you're not. I'm not saying that like that. I just, you know, like you said very early last year, like I was wrong. I'm not on. I'm not going to yeah. die on bad take hill. Uh, but I didn't know if like maybe you started, you know, you, you're getting that hiking itch. Maybe you're kind of can't go on any trails out here. Maybe you just put one foot back on 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 that hill. So I'm I'm gonna admit this one. Um, and this is what I wrote in my notes. Probably that's a little bit low, but also I am not going to. Re- Everybody reached in theory for home Mahomes last year, right? And 
you saw that an explosive, like this is also part of the conversation. It's like a larger conversation about like football and the evolution of the game. And now that we have so many defensive prospects and not enough O-linemen, these running, these uh, quarterbacks are being asked to run a lot more. And so they're explosive. And like, how long did their careers last? We've talked about this in relation to Deshaun Watson. Like it's kind of a theoretical, larger conversation. And so you see a guy like Mahomes who is beginning to do all the things and he gets hurt. And I'm not guaranteeing that Jackson is going to get hurt. He's a volatile player. You're taking that risk. I mean, that's like the high ceiling, exciting part about his game. But I also do feel like there's an opportunity for regression. I had Mahomes as my number one quarterback, Jackson as my number two. And then I let fantasy pros figure out the algorithm as to where they were going to be ranked in (laughs) the uh, (laughs) in the first round or throughout overall. Right. But I will admit that like the third round for Lamar Jackson or the fourth round for Lamar Jackson is is too low. And this is maybe where I shouldn't just leave it up to an algorithm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm giving you heat on this sort of heat, quote unquote. But like, again, overall rankings. I ain't feeling burnt. It's It's a crock. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) So you, to turn the tables, were the highest on George Kittle at 17 overall. Did you even know that? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. When I read this, I was like, I was. Look at that. Whereas the rest of the crew had him in the mid-20s and a crazy person named Dalton Del Don, someone who was definitely hashtag burnt, had him ranked at 40. An actual 49ers fan, you know, like Dalton Del Don, you know, what what are you doing, my guy? Uh, I would tell I mean, there's like, I'm looking at my overall rankings right now. I've got George Kittle at 17 and Austin Eckler at 18. There's not a scenario... Uh, outside of like maybe you've kidnapped someone I I love and this is how I'm going to ransom them that I would ever take uh, George Kittle over Austin Eckler in an actual fantasy draft or even in a mock draft, which you can you know be doing next week, by the way. Perfect plug. All right, so let's talk about where guys should be. We've gone over our first round rankings and a little and a couple of the discrepancies. Let's talk about where these guys should be drafted um, or if they should be drafted higher or lower than last year's ADP. I wanted, I said we were going to talk about New Popkins, so let's start with him now in Arizona, obviously. Um, in 2019, he, according to Yahoo's ADP, was fifth overall, the wide receiver one. You and I heading into the season had the same argument and both ranked Devontae Adams ahead of him because of the the, the increase in volume, the in, in theoretical, as we at the time assumed, um, increase in volume for Devontae Adams. So now DeAndre Hopkins, over, under, fifth overall, as under, we both said so. Yeah, uh, definitely under, well, over. Theoretically, uh, fifth overall. This uh, is what but... I tried to do. Last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? You know what I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'll be taking him after fifth overall. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is. I mean, there is a definitely an interesting debate about does he lose any luster going to a new quarterback? I mean. I don't think so because he's so good at he's always been so good at working with, you know, quarterbacks uh, like, hey, did you see the check down that, I, that, you know, the NFL account took my quote from Hopkins that I got, uh, you know, I, I published a, I did an interview with him back at, at the Super Bowl and he uh, talked about like what makes him wh- wh- why is he so good at adapting to new quarterbacks and he within I posted the quote. Uh, in like a word doc or whatever on Twitter. And part of it was, 
I try to become their best friend. And, you know, I said, this is what Kyler Murray has to look forward to. And then the check down took that and made a little fancy graphic. And, you know, they, they cite, they cited me. That was nice. But I'm also like, you know, come on, NFL, run me my check for my quote. <laughs> Fair point. Um, but I, I say all that to say like, is it, do you think that there's any, that he loses any sort of luster because this is a new quarterback? It's probably a downgrading quarterback from Watson to Murray at the, at least at this point, maybe, I don't know. I think you have earned the benefit of the doubt when you have dragged amazing prospects like Brian Hoyer and Bra- Brock Osweiler into production. Gross. I mean, yeah. those things Agreed. happen, right? Like Brocktober was a thing ish <sighs> and Hoyer the destroyer had some weeks in fantasy and that was all on the shoulders of DeAndre Hopkins um and so I-, I feel like you've earned that that benefit of the doubt so no I'm not discounting him the only thing that I am not worried about because I obviously have him ranked aggressively but it is a volume issue for me you know if you are running a four wide receiver set obviously the spread offense last year kind of went away as Kingsbury was figuring different things out, but I have to imagine he's going to want to install that, especially when he now has nuke right at the top of the season. And so I'm wondering about volume and opportunity. And that is the thing more than Kyler Murray that makes me wonder about his placement. I would, I would agree with you. David Johnson. Now I think I'll take, I'll I'll take the under, I'll take the the over over on the over on this one. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're in agreement. I don't think we need to explain why. Although, like, yeah. Bill O'Brien would not surprise. I don't know. I don't know. I, I am going to take the over with you. I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. Todd Gurley, now in Atlanta, RB nine in 2019. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, obviously, I will take the over on that one too. But I pretty much just where what I said on last week's episode that I had him at running back 18. You know, I said like probably 19, 18, 19, 20. Had him right around there. And honestly, like, again, he's, you know, his name is probably shot and like he just isn't going to be that good anymore. But well, at the same well, we time. Don't, hold on, hold on, hold on. We can't just say that because because uh, yes, the stem sure. cell therapy, like let's because the, everyone is just like, oh, the knee is shot, the knee is shot. But like there was stem cell therapy being done on his knee heading into last year and his workload was obviously managed but we don't know there hasn't been enough medical research on the stem cell therapy. Yeah. You know, some players it did not work for uh, no Sean Moreno. It did work for. So I also don't know if like, if there's um like a, a time lapse situation, if that works immediately or if it takes a while, I'm not a scientist, right? If it takes a while for the stem cells to like gather up together. So I don't know what sort of management and like ultra advanced medical treatment that he's been getting on his knee throughout last year. And now during Mm -hmm. this time he is LA based, right? So even with Corona and COVID, there might be a situation where he gets to continue receiving treatment. I I have no idea, but um, I I, like looking at my, the guys ahead of him, I have Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette at 16 and 17. I'm like, puke like i might like Gurley better than those guys you know come if if, if, if god god willing <laughs> or in training camp it's like things are looking good for Gurley. maybe i take him ahead of you know chuckleheads like that 
Well, if you're talking about wanting to be part of an explosive offense, I'm going to give the advantage to Atlanta over piss poor Jacksonville and the yeah. taco show that's going on in New York. Oh, jeez, God. Right? Brashad Perryman's going to save the day for them. That's what Jets fans think. Yeah, we talked about that last week. All right. Oh, uh, Melvin God. Gordon, RB23 overall. I am going to go under that. Yeah. Yes, under. So, so- yeah, 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 yeah. So I got him at 21, too. I, I, I'm under as well, which is kind of surprising. I don't actually feel like I'm any more bullish on Melvin Gordon than uh, I, I probably don't even want to draft any of those Denver backs, like, like I said on last week's show. Right. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver 13. I'm over on this, too. I'm over. Yeah, you just went through your top 15, and I think there's going to be, again, a volume issue here. It's not, I mean, Minnesota wasn't, um, you know, a pass first offense in theory last year either, but I do think that Kirk Cousins is a better passer than Josh Allen and, you know, John Brown is in the mix too. And I just don't think there's going to be as many opportunities. Like, I feel like there are going to be weeks in daily that Stefan Diggs rocks everybody in a wild way, but I don't think his overall consistency is going to be particularly robust. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you completely. And look, that's pretty much the situation that he was in last year. And he went under 100 targets. Right. I think you probably put him at around 95 to 100 this year. And with a with a more willing but less accurate quarterback. I mean, it's it's Fair. I have but I have him like at like the 20 ish range, you know, like that's mm-hmm. way I mean, that's way over like, but I'm not again, I look at my list and I don't know that there's a big difference between Cortland Sutton, 16. Juju, 17, Cup, 18, Landry, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Parker, these guys that he's with. I don't know that there's a big difference between – I think Diggs is a way better player than all those guys I just said, but I don't know that I don't – I think he's in a better situation. Opportunity, right. All right, let's close out with uh, quarterbacks. Your favorite, the one that is the GOAT that you have no doubts will continue to reign supreme in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, QB 14. We're both going way over on this one, right? I'm under. I have him at 10. Mm. I have him at QB 10. Um, because of I'm the weapons pretty, and because of Bruce Arians. It is going to be, I think, because of the situation that he's in. And look, they're not done, you know, adding talent. I'm sorry to your boy Rojo, but apparently they want to add a pass catching back in the draft. Uh, yep. You know, that's that's exciting. Like, that would obviously be great for uh, Tom Brady, considering what he likes to work with. They could maybe add a slot receiver. They have they, but yeah. So they're probably not done. They're as much of a win now team as literally anyone in the league. Uh, I, I do think they continue to add pieces, but and it's already great. Like essentially, Brady to not be a top ten quarterback this year. Because by the way, I think he was like QB twelve last year in a complete show of an offense in New England. He's gonna pretty. You pretty much have to assume he's done. He's absolutely finished to not get dragged into a top 10 fantasy finish, I think. And even then it's like top 10, who cares? Like he's not, he's not going to be the reason that you win your league, but he's certainly in that, you know, Matt Ryan era where he puts up a bunch of yards, but does is not the, again, is not the reason that you win your league. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of optimism around Brady, but I always just think things fall apart culturally in Tampa Bay. I think there's going to be, this is also, and no one's talking about this is the fact that like there's a there's a lot about this situation that reminds me about the Brown situation last year where we're just expecting a 
rookie, we expected a rookie head coach and um, Baker Mayfield and all these egos to just automatically ascend to their highest ceiling. And, you know, there was a moment that I was like, it's not going to be a lot to work out here culturally, but eh, it's no fun to talk about that. And I feel like in Tampa Bay, we're just expecting that Tom Brady's going to have amazing chemistry with Mike Evans. And I do think Chris Godwin can do all the things. He's been one of my favorite players since he's come out of the draft, since the Rose Bowl game. I mean, my gosh. But, like, I also feel like this is a quarterback who has been in a system. I'm going to use the S word for his the entirety of his career. He's worked with one head coach. He's worked for the most part. I mean, he's worked with, like, one OC Yes, the players have changed um, over time, but Julian Edelman has been his safety valve for forever. He's been, you know, the top dog in the room forever. And so I do feel like there is going to be, especially because right now you're not allowed to get on an airplane and go hang out with your buddies. You're not allowed to develop rapport. Like, you're isolated. And so there's going to be some feelings, some personalities, and all of that stuff that's going to have to transition and find time to coalesce. And I'm not sure in this set of circumstances that's going to be possible. And it would, does not surpri- would not surprise me if he gets hurt because he's just f- cold in the first <laughs> month or two of the season. That's a fair point. I think the points that you make about the, the isolated situation that we're in right now, like he's not there developing chemistry with these guys like yeah, who's I gonna mean, move into his damn house he doesn't i can't get all the receivers to move into his house like ab well you know i don't know maybe his ab might still be there you never know oh, he's hanging out he's uh he's hanging out with lamar and uh Dude, and marquise brown that shook me and i was like social distancing friends like what is going on here like and if there's one person you should be socially distanced from it's Antonio that's what brown. i mean <laughs> um yeah no i think that like I think that's a good point because, you know, yeah, like you can't like even just develop like a not just a football chemistry. Like there's not going to be any off season workouts. Right. I mean, damn, there might not even be a season. You never know. Or, or let's just let's just put that out there a little bit. Uh, no, but, let's not put that out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, in our deepest, darkest fears. But anyways, point is, like, you can't develop like football or like just friendship sort of chemistry with these guys. That's a good point. But I do think from a culture perspective, like I think people will be just, it's Tom Brady, you know, there's going to be a, a deference, a deference there that, that wouldn't happen with even OBJ or Baker Mayfield or any of those guys from Cleveland last year. I mean, they got, they got, I mean, unless Tom Brady is like logging into call of duty on the regular now, and that's how he's developing a rapport with these kids. I don't know how it's going. He's 43 years old. Yeah. He's one of That's those old. dads in my neighborhood on their damn skateboards. And I'm like, where did you come from? Yeah. That's old. That's not even old for a quarterback. That's just old. That's just old. Yes. That is, yeah. that is, well, I, I mean, I don't want to say that out loud to anyone who is listening. Uh, as J- if JLo showed us anything, it's that 50 is the new 32. From one Gen X theoretically skateboarding around the neighborhood dad to another Philip Rivers. I don't think Philip Rivers skateboards though, right? Like, can we? I, I would be stunned if Philip Rivers was on a skateboard, right? Zero percent chance. As much chance as I'm making lasagna tonight is the chance that Philip Rivers skateboards, oh, which is again, so there's a chance. Zero, zero percent chance. Zero there's a, there's chance. a pretty good chance. All right. These next um, two guys we have on the outline, Rivers and Bridgewater, I actually have them back to back at 24 and 25, which is essentially like don't draft these guys. 
You said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have anything beyond that. I mean, good for Philip Rivers. May he not be as sacked as many times because he's behind a better offensive line. But I'm not touching him in fantasy, especially at a deep position. And oh, here's something: Would you take? Where do you have? So you just said Philip Rivers is 23. You said 24. Rivers 25. Bridgewater. Where do you have Joe Burrow? Oh, you are not allowed to have Joe Burrow. We're not allowed to put the rookies in. Would you rank Joe Burrow? Assuming he goes to Cincinnati and assuming AJ Green is good to go to start the season ahead or behind Phillip Rivers? Behind. Like I have how no, far I mean, behind though? Not, I mean, look, we're talking 24. There's not much room left to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I just don't think that yeah, I have I, know. I have almost no interest in like a rookie quarterback in a probably not great offense that doesn't run like if he could if he could move that would be one thing because like think about Kyler Murray last and look I think that the Bengals probably have a better group of skill position players than theoretically than the than the Cardinals did last year but I also don't think that like Murray on his passing numbers alone would not have been a factor it was pretty much all because of the wheels Matt, um, I think that Joe Burrow is probably more mobile than you do. And for S's and G's, might have more uh, faith in him in Cincinnati. But we will hold that for our post-draft show when things are official. Because right now, it's just conjecture. And that is not what we do, right? No, we deal in hardcore facts. That's right. So thank you guys for listening. Like I said, be looking at our handles on social at Yahoo Fantasy for details about when next week the game goes live. In the meantime, I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out. <laughs>